Welcome back to Financial Therapy. It's not just about the money. I'm personal financial planner, columnist, and financial therapist, Rick Kaler. Research tells us that 90% of all financial decisions are made emotionally, not logically. For nearly four decades, I've been helping people make better money decisions. So what makes my financial worldview different from most financial experts? I blend the nuts and bolts of financial advice with the emotions that drive making them. Good money decisions are not just about the money. So let's get started with today's episode. Hi, I'm Rick Kaler. Thanks for joining me today. As you know, we do a lot of work with money scripts, which are thoughts, feelings, beliefs that we have about uh, money. And we know that the average person has 50 to 200 of these beliefs, these money scripts, operating 24-7. And we just don't usually take uh, time in adulthood, even childhood, to examine our beliefs around money. So we do a lot of that, as you know. And I thought today we'd take a look at a really popular money script. And it's one that I have. And that is to assume that fame and accomplishments and excellence in one's field equates to financial security, or you could say equates to being rich, but let's leave it at financial security. And we know that money scripts are all partial truths. They're true in some circumstances and not true in other circumstances. So they're very contextual, right? So it's um, interesting to me that the common attitude is that a person like this is financially secure until proven otherwise. And I guess what uh, sent me down this particular tract recently was a news story that I read about an elderly businessman well into his 90s who was soliciting donations to support himself in a retirement. It was actually in uh, the local paper of his town. And he was a uh, well-respected uh, uh, businessman, well-respected artist in his town, and even had a claim in his state for his skill and accomplishments. He's received a number of awards, recognitions, accolades during his career, many from a lot of famous people. And yet, in his closing years, in his final years, in his golden years, he's penniless. His family had started a GoFundMe page to solicit contributions to help him make ends meet. I was discussing this uh, over coffee by Zoom. <laughs> it's, it's the thing these days, and it's getting colder here in uh, South Dakota. Although today it's going to hit 70, and um, we're in the winter months, so that's, that's not a bad day, but it's a normal day in Rapsi, South Dakota, which is the number one, certifiably the number one town in the United States for the most changeable weather. You can Google it and look it up. 
And my uh, friend asked me, how is it that somebody that's so successful for so long has no money? And uh, it reminded me of my, my money script that assumed that somebody who's successful had money. The ability to create wealth, but then manage it really poorly is widespread. So I would think, well, if they're smart enough to be famous, be a great actor, actress, artist, a scientist, whatever they are in their field, if they're smart enough to do that, duh, <laughs> they're smart enough to manage money, right? Wrong. And um, I still struggle with this uh, money script. It's pretty deep. Because if you think about it, many famous and successful people died penniless. And when I was researching this, I came across far more names than I had time to, to mention, but I thought I'd pick out some of the top ones. Uh, Vincent Van Gogh, famous painter. His paintings sell for millions now. He died broke. And largely, you might say when I first read that, well, of course, he was discovered after he died. But he died broke mostly because of his overspending on his many addictions. Somebody else that would date me that I remember watching on television a lot, Sammy Davis Jr., a member of the Rat Pack. He died owing millions of dollars and left his uh, widow in, in really a pretty poor state. Another fellow that, again, would uh, date me is Omar Sharif. He was star of Lawrence of Arabia, Dr. Zhivago. I mean, those are actually films that I think predated me. But he died alone and broke. And he was like the biggest star of his day. Um, carrying it outside of celebrities, uh, Ulysses S. Grant, who was the 18th president of the United States, he died penniless. Mark Twain, have you heard of him? He filed for bankruptcy and spent the rest of his life paying back his creditors. If you equate a professional athlete with riches, you might be surprised to learn that according to a CNBC report in my personal experience in working with the NFL, 78% of former NFL players go bankrupt or are under financial stress within two years of retiring. Uh, when I was working with uh, a gentleman, I think at the time he was with the Titans, and they move around so much I can't <laughs> keep track of them, but I, I think that was uh, Tennessee. And he told me, well, you know what NFL stands for, Rick? And I said, well, I think I know, but I think the way you're framing this, I don't know. He said, not for long. And if I remember right, the average career of an NFL player I think was two years. It was pretty darn short. And he said, you've got to make hay uh, while you have a chance. And their benefits package is 100% of their salary package. And this was a, a few years ago that I had worked with them for a short period of time. And I think the starting salary was around 400000 somewhere in that range. It's probably higher today. And the benefit package was, was about the same. Um, but 78% within two years are having huge financial stress. 
And then there's a lot of unknown, highly accomplished people, probably even more unknown, highly accomplished people that never earned millions and die penniless. So the point of this is that all of these folks highlight the importance of the definition of success. There's a vast schism between technical excellence, fame, mastery of a vocation, and turning that achievement into financial success and security. You can become the best at your craft, the best in your profession, the best at what you do, and still be broke. Now, conversely to this, there's a lot of people who are not famous, who are not necessarily the leaders in their field, who aren't the smartest and the brightest, who have become financially successful. You may have never heard of Alikio Dagnode, and I probably murdered his name. He's uh, food processing and cement uh, distribution. David Sun and John Tu in technology. Jack Corwin, uh, fried chicken and food processing. Mohed Altrad, scaffolding. Or James Laprino, uh, maker of mozzarella cheese. All of these people are self-made billionaires. <laughs> Not millionaires, billionaires. So, you know, it's kind of like the assumption that if a person is a doctor, they have money. And believe me, I've worked with a lot of doctors. And um, most of them manage money fairly poorly. And most of them have far less than what the average person would suspect. And then you take the plumber, the electrician, the person that services pumps. And these folks, especially those that own the business, can do phenomenally well and be in much better shape than some of those physicians when, when we talk about their finances. So to uh, consider a, a more achievable level of financial success other than billionaire, right? That's hard to wrap my mind around. There's 18.6 million millionaires in the United States. That was in 2019, according to Forbes. And these folks can be like those tradesmen. They may be wage earners. I've had clients, one, uh, she was a nurse and he was a uh, janitor in the school. They had been able to save over a million dollars. And that was, I want to say, 15 years ago. They can be business owners. They can be at the top of their careers, or like these folks, they can be in everyday jobs. Most of those 18.6 million people that are millionaires are completely unknown. And they're probably your neighbors, maybe even you. And uh, I'll give you another clue. They do not consider themselves wealthy. And I would argue that a million dollars is not exactly wealthy. A million dollars today is not a million dollars in the 30s. It's far less than that. There's studies that would indicate to be considered wealthy. And again, this is a very 
hard to define term, but when we're talking in dollar amounts to be considered wealthy, may you may need to be over five million dollars, say five to ten million. I've read some things that say over twenty million. So it's all uh, pretty subjective. But if a person has nothing, which seventy-five percent of the United States has a zero net worth, <laughs> I mean, sounds like a lot. So what I have found is that uh, a lot of highly accomplished, brilliant, successful people who are obviously very, very, very sharp, very smart people lack one of the most important survival skills, the 21st century survival skill, according to uh, my late friend Dick Wagner which is the ability to manage money. Money management skills are not intuitive. We are not born with them. Money is artificial. It's a creation of uh, human society. And so the skills to manage money must be acquired. And because they're not intuitive, the brain actually is, is wired to do money poorly. 70% of the U.S. doesn't have any net worth because they're stupid. It's because their brains are performing as they were created to do, and they have not uh, learned the skills to, to get around the wiring of the brain and, so to speak, re rewire their brain. So, you know, what's amazing is as a critical as money management skills are, right? A 21st century survival skill, money management is not a required course in any K through 12 school, technical college, or liberal arts university of which I'm aware. Yes, occasionally you might have a, a class and you do have something called junior achievement, which is probably the best program to teach K through 12 money management skills, but it's only I used to teach for them. You only go in for like an hour, two hours a day at a time, once a week for I think five or six weeks. So it's not exactly a curriculum. So that's, uh, that's kind of sad. The ability to achieve career excellence and recognition is really admirable, but it's just one part of life success. Financial Excellence is really important too. And it's a skill anyone can really require, right? Money skills really matter. And when we have those skills, anyone can end up providing well for themselves and for their families and supporting their communities and giving back to their community. Without them, even somebody famous can end up relying on government services, and the generosity of others. And we've talked a lot about in the past, and we'll continue to talk about in the future. How do we gain those skills? And oftentimes, more information is not enough. As we like to say, it's often not about the money. So, take care. Thanks for joining me, Rick Kaler, for another episode of Financial Therapy. It's not just about the money. This is where I combine the nuts and bolts of financial advice with the emotions that drive making them. Remember, every financial behavior, 
whether it appears illogical to you or others, makes perfect sense when we understand the underlying beliefs, feelings, and thoughts. Sign up for my weekly blog at financialawakenings.com. I hope you'll join me again for our next episode.